You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans. Welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly through whatever speakers you choose to consume it. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews. I'm back, coming back from a brief Monday musings. Admittedly, it was it, it was short. It was sweet. There was a lot of good things to come out of that Angels series, but we we just focused on a couple of them. We're we're giving you extra effort today, though, and I can assure you it is double the extra effort because on the program today, back for another appearance, Jay's from the Couch Radio co-host Wade Black. Wade, thank you for coming on to the program again. I'm glad I didn't scare you off. <laughs> it's my pleasure, Ryan. It's any time. <laughs> I appreciate it. Now, there is a specific reason why I asked you onto the program today. And fan- fans of yours who know you through your work in the Blue Jays blogosphere and podcastosphere probably know the reason, but we're going to hold off on that for a sec because we need to talk about what happened in last night's series opener against the Astros and specifically the efforts of one Randall Alexander Grichuk. And you know, you know, it's big when the middle name gets busted out. <laughs> he made mama proud when the middle name comes out, right? <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. You got to got get that. No ragging on Grichuk today. So... <laughs> No, oh, he had himself a big night. I well, I mean, you, you could say it was a big just, couple innings. But. Yeah, I was gonna say he had himself a big like fifteen minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it all came really fast, right? Like when they say life comes at you fast, it sure it sure does. When you have the parents in the audience, you 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 wonder how that really affects a player's mindset going into it, right? Like, are they gonna try real hard to impress dad and, and mom and sis and all them? Or, or not, and with Grichuk's family being in there, the Texas native getting getting a chance to get, you know, the extended relatives out, it, it looked like he was he was going to be pressing too hard in that. But then eighth inning rolls around, and suddenly, you know, it's magic time. <laughs> yeah, that home run that he hit <clears throat> wasn't like just the sound alone. I mean, it, it coming, it was one of those ones you hear. Um, even if you're not paying attention to the TV, when you hear it, you turn and look, right? Like it just, that thing was just crushed. Yeah. Uh, Will, Will Harris, I, I don't think he, his ears will recover from the sound of that. That thing was hit to Oklahoma. Like, yeah. like well, I, uh, I thought he was going to derail the train with that one. <laughs> well, it hit that, it hit the beam out there that was holds up their World Series banner. It hit that plenty hard, that's for sure. Uh, what do they say? It was 471 feet was I, the estimated distance? I believe like, I saw that. <laughs> oh, you, you, can't, you can't hit them much better than that. No flag's going to save you from that absolute no. destruction of a baseball. And then it, it looked to be like the icing on the cake, right? It it put the Blue Jays up 6-3, and you thought, okay, even without Ryan Tapera pitching tonight, I guess Tapera got the day off because, you know, he pitched a bit in the Angels series. So no Tapera. Sung Juan Oh comes in, 
in the role I've been waiting all season to see him in, and it looked like it was all going to go pear-shaped. Just... Oh. Uh, yeah. It was... <laughs> Like, like you, you thought it was going to be easy. Like he's getting eight, nine, one. Springer's had a bad day. It's going to be fine. But no, pinch hitter Tony Kemp walks. Pinch hitter Josh Reddick singles right past a diving Olympus Diaz, and all of a sudden, it, it looks like the the same Blue Jays we've come to see. Like here goes the bullpen again. And when when Springer connected. On that one-two pitch, like, there was no one, almost no one in the stadium who didn't think it was a tie game. And and here come the Astros. One person in the stadium didn't think that was the case. But <laughs> that one person was the only person who mattered. And Randall Grichuk made sure that it mattered with possibly the catch of the year, if we're being honest. Oh, definitely. That was, uh, I know when it left the bat, I, that was my first thought was, well, well, well look at that. We're tied. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't even second guess it. And then I saw him, uh, get up to the fence and stutter step. And I was like, oh, he has a chance. Like, you know, cause you like to see they're anticipating making that leap. And I was like, oh, he thinks he has a chance. And then all of a sudden he picked it out of that guy, out of that fan's <laughs> glove, which was the best part. <laughs> <laughs> this looks like, why don't I have a ball? <laughs> like the look on that guy's face was absolutely priceless I, but i mean he picked it right out of his glove and then and it just turned and fired it into second base like and i was just looking at my tv like holy you know what did that just happen <laughs> I, th- I thought george springer was going to absolutely destroy his helmet with that one because like it's like james harden could have been out there playing right field and you wouldn't have thought he had the hops to get that one the way the way Springer no. hit that. And like Buck Martinez already like I, I know I know Buck's preemptive on his home runs a little bit, but he had already resigned himself to that ball going out. And then just just sheer grand larceny from Grichuk. <laughs> Grichuk like, had other ideas. <laughs> like, exactly. I want he, he wanted to get out of the park to go spend some time with his family, I think. <laughs> no, he wasn't having any of this extra inning shenanigans. He was he was done with this no. game. He's like, I hit that home run. This ain't going any further. And it, we're done with this. <laughs> exactly. I and and happily, I think we're done with the whole let's get rid of Randall Grichuk thing in Toronto. I think that that cements him. Like this isn't this is stronger than Chris Coglin flipping over Hadier Molina. This is this is Grichuk can be a piece for the future. He keeps playing like this kind of, kind of. Display. Oh, indeed. Yeah. Like he's been, I remember I tweeted out, I think it was a second or third game back, like what, three weeks ago, two, three weeks ago. I remember I tweeted out just a kind of a joke that said, Hey, stay hot, Grich or something like that. Yeah. And he has, <laughs> like he's just stayed that way. He's just been that way for, for three for three weeks now and it's kind of it's been tremendous he's playing great defense his swing looks so much better mm. um and he's i mean he's still gonna get his strikeouts because that's just who he is um but i mean his swing just looks way better way much way freer his hands are free and he's just i mean like that shot he hit last night uh oof. yeah you know the, the idea of him uh the randall gritchuk in april hitting that ball 
it, you know, or April, you know, and hitting that ball in um, April, like it would just been unheard of, right? Like it would have been like, oh, well, he's going to hit one 470 feet here. And you'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. Like when, when he, when he went on the DL after, after a, an absolutely miserable start to the season, when he went on the DL, he's batting 106. He had an OPS of 435. Which is I I could get an OPS of one of four thirty five, <laughs> and I had a a hole in my swing the size of Barry Bonds's head. So <laughs> there there was nowhere to go for but up for him. But since he's come back in June, it's like you said he's swinging better, and and you see the results at the plate. He's batting two seventy nine in the month of June, seven home runs, seventeen RBIs. He he's already doubled his more than. It's like 250% the increase in production from Gritchuk in the turnaround from April. And and it's it's not even really being sustained by, by his batting average on balls in play. He's still only hitting 250 on those balls. So there's still room for Gritchuk to go up on this streak, which is amazing when you think about it. And, and what Toronto paid to get this. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean... It's- He's, I think, I, I mean, he could be, he could be better than his numbers and indicated in St. Louis. Like I'm not ask, I'm not anticipating him being a whole lot better. Not going to be like the next Batista type player sort of thing because he's not that, but no, he's, he's not going to get 30 walks and 50 plate appearances. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but he's, but for what they got him for and what, what he can offer on both, both sides of the ball. I mean, the kid could be a remarkably good player. And, you know, even if he's a two forty, three thirty, you know, with a 800 OPS or something, he's hitting 25 to 30 bombs and driving in 80 to 90 runs and playing his stellar defense. That's a hell of a valuable player. Right. Hmm. You know, I think I just think we hopefully this is just a sign of what we see, um, what we had all hoped to see when they did trade for him. We all said, "Oh, Randall Gritchick in the AL East, hmm. yeah, these small ballparks. Ooh, this could be fun, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, like maybe every, this is what we're going to see. Right? Every, everyone is penciling him in for like thirty home runs, the way he hit in St. Louis. Like he's he's up to nine now, which which ties the mark set by Curtis Granderson, who's had the full season, which we should mention Curtis Granderson in passing. He did take his former teammate deep twice, and his former teammate yes. is probably the AL Cy Young front runner. So let's let's give Curtis Granderson a bit of love for using his intimate knowledge of Justin Verlander and just bombing him out of the game. Yeah, it's not too often that you hit two home runs off of Justin Verlander and get overshadowed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that it doesn't come along every day. <laughs> it, it takes some some miraculous play to really overshadow that. But no, Grand, Granderson had himself a good night, uh, and Teoscar like, had himself a good night too. He had yeah. three hits, I believe, right? Three for five. Yeah, didn't didn't come home because like Solarte and Morales couldn't do anything behind him. But yeah, Hernandez. <laughs> Like, and you, you kind of expected that from Hernandez too. Like this is the first series he's playing in against the team that essentially sold him. They, they sold him with the Norioki contract to Toronto. So, so like he was in the minors when they played in August last year. So 
Hernandez getting that first crack against his team. You you could tell he wanted to do something. He wanted he wanted to show the mistake they made in keeping Derek Fisher. And and a three for five night will go a long way to casting some doubt in in the fans' minds. So oh, maybe we shouldn't have gotten rid of this guy. Yeah, and it was a a good three for five, right? Like those were some hard hit balls he had off of Verlander too. Like he looked good doing it. It wasn't like he had a chopper up the middle or you know, snuck one through the, the through shortstop in third or something. I mean, he hit the ball hard. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was. Uh, I think he might have had a little extra motivation. Getting this ring beforehand might help too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hope T. Oscar enjoys that ring. I, it, it's, it sounds like a hollow kind of ring. Honestly, he, he, Oh God, yeah. He did. He played. I think. He, I don't even get in a bat with him last year, did he? No, he played with them in 2016. He was on yeah. the. He's technically on the 40 man roster, I think. But I mean, it's great for the Astros to give him a ring. Yeah, you know that's really cool of the owner to say, yeah, no, you were you were on the roster and yada yada. So we want to give you a ring. That's pretty awesome. But I mean, what's he? What, what as a player, what do you really want to do with that? Are you going to show it? Oh, you won the World Series back in 2017. Well, uh, sure, <laughs> sure, I, I guess. <laughs> you know, oh, when you well. take that, you put it in a safety deposit box somewhere and you let it, yeah. you know, in case, in case your family needs some money later yeah, on or something, that's, who knows? That's the Antoine Walker selling ring right there. Like the, yeah. you get a Blue Jays one. You're like, no, I, I earned this one. I keep that Houston one. Eh, put it on eBay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so speaking of selling things, we got to sell some ad time here. So we will be right back after this message. Okay, so we, we, we talked a lot about the hitting in, in the first half, Wade. Wade Black here on the program. I, I do want to mention the pitching in last night right quick. Uh, I, I, I specifically want to focus on, on the relievers. Because, like, J-Hap, quality start, good on you. That's, that's exactly what you expect out of J-Hap. Gets his 10th win. It's great. I, I want to focus on the bridge to that ninth inning because... Both Joe Biagini and John Axford came out there and had solid. And Axford only needed seven pitches for his inning. And like a, like Joe Biagini going out there and looking like the Joe Biagini of 2016. He struck out George Springer. He struck out Jose Altuve, which is very difficult to do. And and worked around a walk by Alex Bregman, who was just doing all the damage for the Astros last night. I, I did want to get your opinion. This is a, It's the fourth straight scoreless outing for Joe Biagini. Is, is he starting to turn a corner, do you think? I, I mean, I think so. I think so. Like, I've always had, I've been of the opinion before, even when they kept during the start of the season, that I would just like to see them put him in the pen and just let him air it out. You know, um, stop with the trying to use three, four pitches. Just go back to what he was doing um, in 2016 with the four seam, two seam, and the curveball and occasional cutter if he wants to. But just blow it out. Go up there and do your 94, 96 um, and, and just have at it. And he just seems to be, now that I think it looks like that um, he he's resigned to the fact that he's in the bullpen. Um, and that's where he's going to stay. It looks like he's just not really thinking about it anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's, 
he's just out there letting it fly and he, he looks good. He looks, I mean, I was a little skeptical. I kept thinking, uh, you know, Joe Biagini coming in and just yeah. Astros lineup. <laughs> this could be scary. Yeah. yeah against but the, he top half, own. the top half of the yeah. Astros lineup, but yeah, he bent a little bit by with the walk, but he didn't break. He, he battled right back through and, and, and struck out Altuve. And, and so, I mean, what, hats off to him. Hopefully he keeps rolling it and rolling the ball uh, downhill from here. So Yeah. What I, what I liked was the seven strikes looking that he did get. Cause that means he's starting to find his control again in that bullpen role. Cause that's, yes, that's key for him to get. If he can start putting those spots where the batters can't really touch it. That's, that's key to success for Joe Biagini. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And you're, you're when you're in, in those late innings, you do not want to be falling behind hitters either. So, mm. Um, especially when you're in, a, you know, you're going to, you're going to, those late innings, a lot of times you're coming in, he's going to be coming in to face, you know, the meet the lineups a lot. And last thing you want to be down is 2 0 to, or 3 1 and half to throw strikes, right? Exactly. So that's, a, it's, a, it's good for him that he did that well getting ahead. So, no, exactly. All right. Wade, I've stalled enough. I, <laughs> I can, I can feel, I can feel you on the other side of, of this microphone. Just, just, Bursting at the seams, we, we talked about everyone else on the Blue Jays' 25-man roster, except for the guy who is starting tonight, making his MLB debut for the Toronto Blue Jays. Been a long time coming, but Ryan Barucki will finally pitch for Toronto in Game 2 against the defending World Series champion. So, good Good luck. You're against Charlie Never. Morton, who's looked insane this year. But, you know, go out there and, and do something, Barucky. <laughs> Never heard of him. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> really? Uh, Never heard of the guy. <laughs> I I know. I know when you're lying to me, Wade Black. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I would, well, just to, to say I was a tad excited when that news was broken the other day, I was, um, was a little bit... Um, would be an understatement. <laughs> a little uh, bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little nervous about the fact that he has to jump right in and face um, the Astros right away, right, <laughs> right off the bat. Here's the defending, like you said, the defending World Series champions, one of the highest scoring teams in baseball. Um, just have at it, kid. <laughs> right, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, you know, I, he, he's a young man, though. Um, I know I had talked about this previously with. Um, not on this podcast, but others with his, his biggest asset, one of his biggest assets, not only just his stuff is his mental approach. Hmm. He's very tough mentally. Um, and he, you see by his progression through when he went to Lansing, um, he got bounced over to Dunedin and then sent back to Lansing because he had a tough time. And then he got to Lan- Dunedin the second time, started off a little bit rough figured it out, went to double A, started a little bit, had a little bit of a rust spot, figured it out, got the triple A, had a little bit of rust out this year, figured it out. Um, so he, he definitely is a kid that thinks his way through what he's doing. Right. So mm-hmm. that part of the, I don't, I don't, um, I don't worry about, even if he does get roughed up a little bit tonight, it's just, it'd be nice to see him get his feet wet, but I think he'll be fine. I, I, you know, even if he only lasts three or four innings, you know, um, gives up a couple of runs and makes it through three or four innings. I'm more than happy for him. Yeah, and and like he he has the stuff to succeed. When I when I tweeted that out, 
that that Baroque was getting called up. A friend of the show, Matt Parkinson at Cinemartyrs, just snidely remarked, I bet you he froze a change-up. Like, <laughs> just, <laughs> we, know, we know what Baroque can do. He's very much in that kind of Estrada mold where, where he runs fastball change-up and he'll mix that curveball in just to keep batters honest, which seems seems to have worked for the Blue Jays getting these kind of pitchers. And against a team like Houston, that's not as young as they once were, but still a younger team. I'm, I'm wondering if Baraki can take advantage of being an unknown commodity to them and using that fastball and change up combo the way that Estrada does and, and trying to keep them off balance. Oh yeah. I definitely think that will be a, a, an advantage for him. Um, like as in them never seeing him, they have they built they'll have a little bit of video on him, I'm sure, but they've never actually until you're actually in the box seeing it. It's always just kind of a guessing game. Uh, the one thing that I think would be does play in his favor is with that changeup. I mean, and it's, it's it's a plus changeup. I mean, it's really good, um, and it's the Astros are aggressive. Mm. This is a team they they take walks, but they don't look to, to walk. Right, these guys swing the bats. They they jump on first pitch, second pitches all the time. Um, so he might have to pitch a little bit backwards, kind of going into uh, changeups early in the count to try to get get ahead um, or induce some weak contact. But maybe I don't know who's uh, if it's Martin. I'm, I'm guessing it might be Martin. They want his uh, presence out there with him. Uh, I, I but would think it'd be Martin. He could probably. He could probably um, coax him through at least three or four innings, you know, uh, um, and be just fine. I say three or four innings, and I did comment on this last somewhat as well, is because right now that kid is geeked up, mm. right? He's gonna be he's gonna be excited and full of adrenaline all day. It's gonna get worse as it gets along, and typically, you hit a spot about the third or fourth inning for these young guys. It just runs out, and you can see it. Right, they're all sweaty and wired up and sweaty and ready to go. And then, and then about the third or fourth inning, you just see them kind of go, "Okay, yeah, I'm done." <laughs> right, um, and that's no fault of their own. That's expected, right? It's, it's a big deal for them. So and for him today. So you know, if he gets through four innings, three four innings, and he's relatively unscathed, and maybe gives up a run or two, that, hey, you got your feet wet, you showed out, you did your thing, and you know, you'll be fine going forward, you know, so, but I'm looking forward to it though. I really am. <laughs> I'm, I am as well. Like this, this is a guy who's, you know, fought and fought, um, uh, uh, actually put out a piece yesterday about Baruchy and, and noted how much he he's fought through. He had Tommy John in 2013, had all those injuries in 2015, came back in Dunedin and was bad. And, and has built himself back up to this point where he's earned this start for the Blue Jays and, and earned this chance to really cement himself as as the the number three for the foreseeable future for this team. And I'm I'm excited to see it. I'm looking forward to seeing what Baruch can do. I, I think he can get five innings. I, I think he can put himself in line for the win. If if Toronto can tee off on Charlie Morton the way they did on Verlander, I think I think Baraki's got a shot at a win. You never know. You never. I mean, they're going to have to score him some runs. I know he's yeah. going to. You know, I I would don't anticipate him shutting down that lineup. But yeah, I mean, I don't have. I have all the confidence in the world. He can. He can. He can 
keep them in the game and give them put them put them in a good position. I have no doubt about that at all. Hmm. It'll be it'll be nice. It'll be fun. I, I like I said, I've been kind of following this kid uh, since the first time I actually watched him pitch two years ago, and um, I've been all over uh, everything that he does. So it's um, it's been it's been a treat watching him pr- progress through the system as fast as fast as he has, especially after the huge amount of setbacks he had. Um, when he missed most of, well, he missed all of 14 and then 15, he came back. He said he missed most of that. He had a shoulders injury after that, after Tommy John and, you know, and then got bombarded in Dunedin when he went to 16. Yeah. But then he, then he just, I saw him in Lansing the first time. And I went there with all the expressed interest to see Reed Foley, John Harris, these young guys that were there. Um, and I walked out and he was pitching. He was a Friday night pitcher of that series. And I saw, I walked out and I walked straight up to Jesse Goldberg Strassler up in the press box afterwards. And I just went, who's that? Right. Like I need to know more about this kid because I just did not remember him. Right. It had been, it had been a couple of years. So I didn't, wasn't really paying attention to him. Um, and I was like, I need to know more about this kid uh, because he was just, and Jesse was all over it, which was funny because Jesse was all, he, as soon as I said, I need, I need to know more. Like I need to, we need to have a conversation about this young man. Um, and he just had a smile on his face. He said, you're going to love this. Right. And then we just sat down and talked about it, about the stories from the pitching coach and the things that were happening with them and what he was doing to get better. And I said, I'm sold, sold. <laughs> I love this kid. Right. So, and I saw him once more, once more, uh, later that summer, but it just, uh, it's just been a treat to watch him just get better and better and better, um, and keep doing his thing. It's, it's been fantastic. No, and I, I think we're all looking forward to getting that same feeling that you did in Lansing Wade. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it comes tonight. Like, a, like I said, I, it's, it's the Astros. It's going to be difficult, but hey. He, he has the kind of mental toughness that can make him a success. So, uh, Wade, why don't you tell the fine people where they can follow you and check out more of your work? Uh, well, you can catch me over at uh, our work over at uh, jaysfromthecoach.com um, and also some Jays of Coach Radio podcast. And you can see me on uh, find me on Twitter at any time at every fifth day. <laughs> Excellent. You You should follow him. He's got great stuff there. You should follow me on Twitter as well because I piggyback on Wade's stuff. And <laughs> seriously, I can't I can't do gifts, so I'm glad you put the the gif up of Grichik's catch because I I needed that one. But um, you can follow me on Twitter at neoac18. That's neoac18. You can follow the podcast at Locked On Jays. We will keep coming to you every week, every day during the week, not weekends. Weekends are my time. Just let me watch the Jays in peace. And and you, you'll you likely hear more of Wade on the podcast in the future because we like having him on. So, Wade, again, thank you so much for doing this. My pleasure. Anytime. Excellent. So, for Wade Black, I'm Ryan Andrews. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Locked on Blue Jays. And y'all take care.